Hi, and welcome to NASIO Voices, where we talk all things state IT. I'm Amy Glasscock in Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm Matt Pincus here in Washington, D.C. Today, we're doing a brief overview of NASIO's 2021 federal advocacy priorities. And Matt, as our Director of Government Affairs, is going to give us the rundown. Matt, thanks for agreeing to share your wisdom with us again. (laughs) Uh, Hardly wisdom, Amy, but I I guess living in and working in D.C. can make anyone think that they're an expert on um, the political atmosphere. And I'm sure our listeners are very excited to hear another so-called expert talk about what's going on here in D.C. But yeah, very happy to discuss in all seriousness some of these issues that are really important priorities for the state CIOs and and other members of, of state IT. Great. So I recently listened to our podcast on this topic from January last year in preparation for this episode, and you go into some really good detail about some of our top issues. So I definitely recommend that our listeners go back and listen to that episode if they want some more detail on some of these issues. It was episode four. Mm. But uh, what really stood out to me was when we were talking about what an interesting year 2020 was going to be because it was a presidential election year and there was an Mm. impeachment trial going on. And well, we really had no idea what we were in for. Oh my God. You're just so absolutely right, Amy. And I think that is a huge understatement, right? Like, I mean, I mean, just real kudos to the 2020 scriptwriters who decided that, you know, an elections and an impeachment just weren't enough news for one year. I think someone someone recently told me that they felt like they lived 10 years worth of news last year, and it's hard yeah. to disagree. Yeah. Um, but, you know, look, I'm not trying to make light of the ongoing pandemic, but 2020, is, I, I suspect, is going to be a year that our grandkids are going to ask us about for sure. But I think it is something you and I have talked about a lot. And, and on a personal note, as terrible as the last year has been, it is important to remind ourselves how thankful we are to have our health, our, our jobs, and, and our families, and certainly being able to spend more time with our kids. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of silver linings for my particular situation and yours too, I think. And being able to to be at home and do this podcast, for instance, has been good. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. So before we start our discussion on NASIO's advocacy priorities, let's talk a little bit about what's going on in DC right now. Can you talk about how you see this year shaping up with a new Congress and a new administration? Oh, boy. Well, you know, let's just be clear. It's really hard to pontificate about what's going on in in D.C. as things are sort of changing on an almost daily basis. But I guess let's just start by talking about, you know, the new President Biden administration and a Democratic-controlled Congress. And we're still in the infancy of, of this new administration and new Congress. So it remains to be seen how effective they will be in, in passing their agendas, especially with the narrowest of margins in the Senate, right? But mm-hmm. We know that President Biden's first and most immediate priority is dealing with the pandemic. I I suspect that that is the issue that he goes to bed at night thinking about and wakes up in the morning thinking about. So we know that the administration is hoping to pass a a $2 trillion COVID relief bill in the coming weeks, which has been met with certainly some skepticism on the Hill. And we, we know that the administration and Democrats and some Republicans in Congress also want to pass some sort of economic relief bill as well as conversations that we've heard about a large-scale infrastructure package. I don't know about you, Amy, but I've been hearing about Infrastructure Week for a long time. So (laughs) we we actually get to see that. Um, And I I should also mention that in a couple of weeks, the Senate will begin the second impeachment trial for former President Trump. Uh, Meanwhile, 
President Biden is hoping the Senate will increase the speed of his confirmation hearings for for many of his nominees for cabinet positions. And I know there's also a lot of interest from folks on the Hill about getting to the bottom of the solar winds hack, the ramifications of that breach on not only the federal government, but for state and local governments as well. So yeah, there there is a ton going on. Yeah, for sure. So let's start with the basics. For anyone listening that's not familiar with our federal advocacy priorities, what are they and why do we have them? Yeah. So NASIO, at the great wisdom of the executive committee and our wonderful executive director, Doug Robinson, established the government affairs office here in DC about a decade ago. And the idea behind that was that the person in in my role would facilitate relationships with a lot of our strategic partners, work with Congress, work with federal agencies, and work with uh, presidential administrations to advocate for sort of best practices or, or top issues that face the collective group of state CIOs and impacting state IT. So starting with that, the advocacy priorities are really the cream of the crop, the top issues that resolving them or or getting legislation passed or or changing regulations would be most beneficial for pretty much every single state CIO. So yeah, state CIOs have a lot of priorities, but these are the things that the federal government can actually make a difference in. Correct. Yeah. So, you know, I hate to bring up COVID again because every one of our podcasts for the last 10 months, uh, we've had to talk about it. But how did COVID play a role in this year's priorities? Look, as you would expect, I I would say COVID's pretty much influenced every single one of our priorities, even if they're priorities that were on this list uh, last year or in previous years. If anything, COVID's probably, you know, provided additional and, and sort of real world context and consequences for these initiatives, right? Like, I I know we'll talk about the priorities in in more detail, but we've seen how important connectivity and access to secure and reliable internet is for us and and for our kids to be able to learn. Broadband access and mapping issues is an advocacy priority this year. And, And IT modernization is something that has certainly grown in importance to CIOs as they're trying to figure out how to quickly and safely deliver important benefits and services to their citizens. So COVID's pretty much influenced every single thing. And, and that's not a surprise. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about .gov. Advocating for the widespread adoption of .gov was on the list last year. And I understand there's been some movement on that priority. Tell us about that. Yeah. So some some real positive momentum on that. And, and what I would say is NASIO has been a long proponent of you know, of states and, and local governments migrating to the .gov domain. We know that that this domain has been available for almost 20 years to state and local governments, but less than 10% of local governments are, are really only making use of that domain. So we formed a, a real coalition with a lot of our strategic partners last year and, and a bipartisan group of folks on the Hill. And they introduced a piece of legislation creatively titled the .gov Act. I'm not sure where they came up with that, but that was the bill. Uh, and, and so that was a bipartisan bill that was introduced in the Senate in 2019 by Senators Gary Peters from Michigan, Ron Johnson from Wisconsin, uh, Amy Klobuchar from Minnesota, and James Lankford from Oklahoma. And I think that's everyone. And so this was passed and signed into law in December as part of the omnibus government funding bill. 
And so under this new law, the, the .gov program is going to be moving from General Services Administration to DHS CISA and require them to develop an outreach strategy to, to support this migration. I think most importantly is we've heard for a long time that GSA charges a $400 annual registration fee for folks to register on .gov. Mm -hmm. Um, And for local governments, I mean, that is a lot of money, especially smaller municipals. So this law will allow the CISA director to essentially waive that fee. So we're really looking forward to working with CISA as well as a group of other, you know, key stakeholders and associations that represent local governments that we're very familiar with here to try and increase that adoption, uh, especially with local governments. I mean, it's just so important from a basic cybersecurity hygiene perspective. It, it is such an easy thing you can do. I hate talking about low-hanging fruit when it comes to cyber, but having a domain on, on .gov, it, you know, can certainly make people know that they're getting information, whether it's information on COVID or elections, that they know that the information they're getting is accurate and authoritative. So we're really happy that there has been some momentum on this. It's something we're going to have to continue to talk about in the years ahead, though. Yeah, that's great news. Another top NASIO priority is harmonizing federal cybersecurity regulations, and it has been on the list for a few years now. Where are we with that very big issue? Well, like the .gov issue, this is something that certainly has been a major pain point for the CIOs and the CISOs for pretty much the better part of the last decade. But the biggest thing with with this issue that's sort of changed since we talked about it last year, when we talked last in January, we were still waiting for GAO, the Government Accountability Office, to come back with their findings from their congressionally mandated report on, on this issue. Yeah. And they found in their report, and we can probably put a link to the advocacy priorities and, and the GAO report in the show notes, but they essentially reaffirmed our contention that the federal agencies are creating these cybersecurity regulations in a vacuum. They're not talking to each other, right? They're creating these duplicative and sort of redundant regulations that the CIOs and the state IT agencies have to comply with, right? Um, there's not one sort of streamlined regulation, which I think everyone would would say that would be sort of the, the best outcome here. But GAO did find that like between 50 and 79% of all the cybersecurity requirements had conflicting parameters and you know their overall recommendation was for the federal agencies at the behest of the office of management and budget to collaborate on future requirements so we have a pretty good relationship with the office of management and budget and we're going to continue to press forward with them but you know i do want to note that gao when they issue their report that doesn't mean that anything's going to change these are just recommendations but it does back up with you know concrete data that everything we've been talking about as an association for the past 5 6 years is validated so working with the new administration working with congress to conduct some oversight and you know put some forcing mechanisms on these agencies is really going to be where we go from here Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Uh, So let's talk about some cybersecurity items. Dedicated cybersecurity funding for state and local governments is something that we talked a lot about last year, as well as IT modernization efforts. How do you see those priorities developing or moving forward this year? Yeah, so I feel most optimistic about 
us being able to see a congressionally passed cybersecurity grant program for state and local governments. I think there's a there's probably a two-year window right now to get this done. NASIO, we worked really closely with bipartisan members in the House and the Senate, uh, as well as you know our other association partners on a lot of these different bills that were introduced in the last Congress. And some of them had different provisions over you know who would be administering a grant, how much money would be provided to state and locals. But with that momentum from previous legislation, as well as solar winds and COVID, I think there's an increasing recognition that the federal government does have some sort of role to play in providing funding to state and locals to better improve cybersecurity and be able to implement a lot of needed provisions to improve their cybersecurity. So I'm optimistic that we're going to start seeing some bills get introduced in Congress, and we're just hoping there's going to be enough momentum to to get them passed and, and also appropriated, right? It's one thing to get a bill passed, but you have to get the money behind it. So that's something that we're going to continue to, to work on, but I am relatively optimistic. We should also talk about sort of this push behind legacy modernization of, of state IT systems. I mentioned earlier that this is something that has certainly um, been very prominent during the pandemic, you know, when we're talking about UI systems. And a lot of these, you know, legacy systems have been under severe stress, just unprecedented demands during the pandemic. I mean, we're talking about thousands and thousands of percent increases in, in traffic from citizens to, you know, state UI websites. And so one of our pushes is for dedicated IT modernization funding. There was some legislation that was introduced towards the end of last year that would establish a grant program for state and locals to modernize to secure and modern technologies. So we're hoping that some of these bills will come to fruition and you know we can certainly see an improvement in the IT infrastructure for state and locals. Yeah, that's great. That's uh, definitely an issue that was put at the forefront for our members and for everyday citizens as well this year. And also really good news about the dedicated cybersecurity funding as well. Fingers crossed. You know, like I said, it's hard to prognosticate, but I certainly think that, you know, the increased interest from a variety of different people and and organizations is really going to help get some of these things over the finish line. Good to hear. So the last item on the list is a new advocacy priority, but definitely not new to CIOs and CISOs, and that is concerning broadband. Can you talk about why this is on the list and what you hope to do this year? Yeah. So huge, huge issue. And, and I kind of mentioned you know, why this has become an even greater of importance throughout the pandemic. But you know, I do want to mention that a lot of the advocacy priorities are really influenced a lot by our, you know, our annual CIO study as well as the biannual Deloitte Nasio cybersecurity survey. So definitely check those out and I think those highlight sort of all of these priorities. But from from a broadband perspective, right, one of the issues is is certainly a lack of funding. In our recent survey, uh, close to 90% of the CIOs say a lack of funding is their number one issue. We've had some states who have certainly some issues with the FCC on you know what it means to have connectivity. There's some questioning over how the mapping methodology is done. We know some states have actually done their own 
initiatives, including Georgia Broadband, where they've done street level address mapping to show discrepancies between what they found as well as what the FCC does. So there's there's a bunch of really big issues when we're talking about not only funding, but also mapping methodology, you know, in our rural states and, you know, states that have certainly rural areas. So we're going to keep working with folks. I know there's a lot of other groups that are specifically focused on broadband, but we want to lend our voice and sort of talk about what the CIOs, what their role is and, and how they would like to see some of this methodology change. Yeah, absolutely. Just a plug for our last episode with CIO from Georgia, Calvin Rhodes. We talk about that broadband mapping initiative some more if people are interested in hearing more about that. Yes. Well, as our NASIO Executive Director, Doug Robinson, always says, expect surprises. But I sure hope we don't have any surprises in 2021 at the same magnitude as a global pandemic. And uh, we're definitely all eager to move beyond that. But thanks for this great interview, Matt. I can't wait to see what other progress we make on these fronts. I certainly agree. Thanks for letting me let me talk about this stuff. It's always fun and um, hopefully it's beneficial to our listeners. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks again for listening to NASIO Voices. You can find NASIO's federal advocacy priorities on our website. We'll put a link for that in the show notes, as well as some of the other things that we talked about. Talk with you next time.